Hi friends, this is Surabi bringing you episode 15 of Mom Strength. In this episode, we talk all about leaks, how to prevent leaks, what are the common reasons that contribute to you leaking in the first place, and what you can do about it. There are so many different contributors to leaks and so many different ways to manage it. And here's a hint, Kegels ain't the way. But before we dive into this conversation... Welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hello, friends. We're going to be talking all about leaking today and tips to help you stop leaking, stop peeing yourself, whether it's a little bit or a lot. One of the most common questions that I get is, is this normal? Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, or never had children before, people want to know, is this normal? Can I actually do something about this? Or is this something that I just have to live with? There's a lot of shame associated with leaking, and there's a lot of un known as well. A lot of people don't even know that this is a thing until it happens to them. This is actually something that I had happened to me long before I was ever pregnant or had kids. I used to run a lot and it's I would say quite common in runners and endurance athletes to have some leakage especially people who are running longer distances like half marathons, marathons and plus and we, we can talk about the reasons why, but I want to also give you some tangible strategies on how to actually minimize leaking so that you can carry on with your life with more confidence, less shame, less avoidance. You know, I see clients who are avoiding hanging out with their girlfriends because they know they're going to laugh and when they laugh, they pee themselves. I have clients who are avoiding going outside for a run. They can only run home on their treadmills because they don't want to risk peeing themselves outside. And they're always stuck wearing black leggings or black pants because they're, again, afraid that they're going to leak. And it's not an unrealistic fear because it actually does happen to them they actually do leak and that's how it kind of gets into their head about the embarrassment and the shame so let me answer a few questions is it normal yes so yes it's normal in that you're not broken you're not an abnormal person if you've had leaks consider it like a pimple is it normal to have a pimple we all get them from time to time I'm not going to say it's abnormal if you're if you have a pimple or gray hair. Some of these things happen to us. But can we live without leaking? Yes. Do you need something like surgery or vaginal weights or do you need something that, like doing kegels all the time? Most likely not. So I'm going to give you some real strategies on how you can stop leaking or at least minimize your leaking. The best is always going to be to work one-on-one with somebody. I offer a virtual online consults uh, across the world to help people stay dry, to stay, get confident moving their bodies, whether it's during pregnancy, postpartum, before or after or any time in your life spectrum. And this is something that I strongly believe we should all have access to because we all deserve, hi, hi, Edward, we all deserve to be leak-free. Okay, so here are some common reasons why you may be leaking. One, caffeine. Caffeine is a diuretic. Caffeine is also a stimulant. 
caffeine also in our system things like not just coffee which we all know about um papa for those of you who are in the live right now poppy yes if you drink coffee um, or tea or anything caffeinated during the day I personally don't drink coffee usually. I'll get the occasional Starbucks with like half a shot of espresso. So to me, it doesn't really make a huge difference in my body. But for some people who are drinking one, two, three cups a day, um, it might. And caffeine is one. Soda is another one. Pop. And another one is dehydration. So and usually it goes hand in hand. People who drink a lot of coffee tend to drink less than ideal amounts of water with water intake I want you to aim for about half of your body weight in ounces of water so what is, what does this mean if you weigh 140 pounds you're gonna half that and you're gonna aim for 70 ounces of water right 70 ounces of water a day and that's on an average day if you're exercising if you're sweating if you're in a high heat environment if you're breastfeeding if you're recovering from an injury or postpartum you need to up that water intake And I don't mean you need to chug it all at once because what happens when you drink it all at once is your bladder can't hold that. You just end up peeing most of it out. Your body doesn't absorb that. So the the key is to drink it throughout the day. Uh, Keeping a water bottle near you is helpful. I say that and of course I don't have my water bottle handy, which I usually always do. But um, I have a one liter bottle, which is awesome because it's a visual. So for me, for my body weight, for my needs, I need to drink about two and a half liters of water a day. So I fill it up once, fill it up twice, and then I drink half. And sometimes it's even more, and it's fantastic. A very easy way to look and see if whether you're drinking enough water is what the color of your urine is. So is it a light yellow? Is it a pale straw yellow? Great. If it's bright orange or bright yellow or smells really funky, it might be time to see a doctor. Um, And of course, if you're on medications, it can alter the color. For example, iron pills sometimes make my urine more green. Um, But it should still be lighter in color and not super concentrated and smell really strong, right? So dehydration is one of the freest, or not the freest, proper hydration is one of the freest ways in which you can actually decrease your leaking. And it might seem counterintuitive because you think, why would I leak less if I'm drinking more? Wouldn't it be the opposite? Here's why. When you're dehydrated, your urine becomes more concentrated or acidic. It irritates the bladder more. It gives you the feeling or the urge of having to pee, but then when you go, you pee for like two seconds. It also is an increased risk of infections. So this frequency and urge and this irritation, it actually increases the tone or the tension in your pelvic floor, which can make it difficult for you to control a full bladder. Okay, so dehydration is one increased caffeine relative to the body's hydration is another do I tell people to stop drinking coffee no because a I know that that's unrealistic people get are very personal about their coffee drinking habits and their choices and I want to make sure that if you are caffeinating that you're also hydrating and you're also mindful that if you are sensitive to caffeine and if that's one of the contributors to your leaking play around with it maybe reduce maybe reduce how much you're drinking and see if hey on those days I don't leak as much because I don't want to say caffeine affects every single person who leaks but it does affect a lot of people okay so we talked about two of those another thing let me just move this I'm because I'm also recording a podcast and doing an IG live at the same time I'm doing some trickery behind the scenes here hi friends thank you so much for joining we're talking all about how to minimize 
prevent leaks. If you ha- have any questions, pop it in the in the box. And for those who are listening on the podcast, it's because I'm doing an Instagram live as well, which is why I'm talking to people at the same time. Um, so we've talked about two reasons for leaks so far. One is hydration, dehydration. One is caffeine. Another is alcohol. Uh, for similar reasons, you know, diuretic, irritation, dehydration, all of those same things. Okay. And here's another one that's often missed, gut health. So if you're constipated, if your gut is inflamed, if you're bloated, if basically if you've got a lot of junk in there, it's going to A, put pressure on your bladder. Poop is heavy. Poop's going to weigh in on your bladder. And then the second thing that happens is when you're constipated in particular is when you tend to go poop, you tend to strain more to pass that stool. And when the stool is hard or firm, you're having to work extra hard to get it out of your body. So addressing gut health means making sure your poops are smooth, like a smooth log. Hi, Rena. Uh, Making sure that your poops are frequent, so one to three times a day. Making sure that they pass easily and they're not excessively loose or excessively hard. I'm using things like a squatty potty to help elevate your knees above your hips. I always joke because I'm from India and honestly, like, no, I feel like people don't have poop issues in India, but that might be a huge generalization. If I have any Indian friends joining me live, let me know. Because people used to squat down in a squatter. And, you know, that was made fun of, like it was unhygienic or whatever. But the reality is, hey, Zen, um, using, ha- having your knees up higher than your hips puts your, puts your body in a more mechanically advantaged p- position for pooping. So this is definitely true during pregnancy as well. So Zen, for, for people who are pregnant, having your hips, having your knees higher than your hips, you don't have to have a squatty potty brand stool. You can just use a regular stool. And I know it's super professional. I am recording a podcast at the same time. That's why I'm doing this. Um, somebody gave me the idea and I'm like, that's genius. I don't have to do the work twice. And I love talking about this, but doing the work twice is kind of frustrating. Um, so, and for, if you're pregnant and your bump is growing outward, knees wider than your hips, of course, helps feet up on the stool. I will never go back to it. If I'm at a hotel or something, and if I'm at a friend's house, they don't have a stool. I, not that I poop in friends' houses very easily, but if I have to go, I won't be able to go because it's just so uncomfortable, especially because I'm shorter too. Unless you're like six feet tall and your knees naturally sit higher than your hips on a regular toilet seat, get a stool. And then the other thing is breathing. So all of you who are on here right now, how are you breathing? Don't judge yourself. Just notice how you're breathing. So because I'm talking and when I get excited, I tend to breathe like up through my throat and my upper neck. I'm not taking those nice, soft, deep breaths. I'm not slowing things down. I'm excited and that's okay. But we don't want to be living our lives all day, every day in this level of um, sympathetic drive you know high high energy high I don't want to say stress because stress can be good or bad this is not bad stress this is a good type of stress for my body but if I was living like this all day it would be tedious and I would be shallow breathing for a lot of it what happens when you're not breathing down into your diaphragm is you're essentially restricting the flow the movement of your diaphragm so for those of you listening and not looking at me your diaphragm sits at the lower part of your rib cage and it's like an upside down U when you're breathing in, that U flips downward into a regular U. And when you breathe out, it comes back up. So it goes down and up as you breathe in and out. And guess what? Your pelvic floor, which are the muscles that basically keep your bladder in and your poop in and your pee in uh, and your in your gas in, those that does the same thing. So when you breathe in, your pelvic floor also 
elongates just like your diaphragm and when you breathe out it also comes back up the diaphragm and the pelvic floor work together as a team and they're not alone they're also joined by a muscle on the outside of our abdomen or on the inside of our abdomen the deepest layer of the muscles that are the transversus abdominis this is super fancy you don't have to know the names of everything this is not a test this is just to give you an idea of the muscles that make up our core and how our core is so deeply connected to our breath and to our pelvic floor and also leaks so so what happens when you're not breathing in through your diaphragm not allowing yourself to breathe in you know let's say maximizing your diaphragmatic breath you tend to hold static amount of tension in your diaphragm it kind of just goes up and down in a very shallow sense and so does your pelvic floor which means your pelvic floor isn't really fully allowed to relax ever so it's like any muscle in our body if I was having you take your hand and hold your phone just consistently for like 20 hours how sore would your hands be because they're working nonstop. your hands want to relax they want to stretch out they want to just let go of tension and every muscle in your body is the same if any muscle in your body is holding constant tension it's going to be sore and you stretching it and releasing it quote unquote isn't going to help the goal is to address why you're holding static amounts of tension all day and there are many reasons for that and we're going to be talking about that today as well so Pelvic floor tension is one of the biggest contributors to leaks. And here's why. When a muscle is held tense all day, then when you actually need it to work, like when you sneeze or when you cough or when you laugh at you know, somebody's joke, what happens, hey Vipa, is that you are not able to stay shut, right? So if you're working all day holding something, you know, gripping your hand, then when you even have to hold something super small like a piece of paper or pen, your hands are just going to be too tired to hold it well. Here's another analogy that really I find helps is imagine your hand is getting ready to catch a ball. If your hand is completely relaxed and somebody throws a ball or throws something in your hand, you're able to snatch it, grab it because your muscles are better able to work when they start from a relaxed position. When your muscles are starting from a contracted position like this and then somebody throws you a ball it's going to most likely bounce right off so now your hand imagine that that is your pelvic floor if your pelvic floor is relaxed then when your bladder your full bladder lands on it when you're sneezing or coughing or laughing or running your your pelvic floor is like I got this I can stay shut hey Vipa Um, But if your hand, which is representing your pelvic floor in this case, if your pelvic floor is constantly working and then you throw that big heavy bladder on top, do you think it's going to be able to stay shut? Maybe, but maybe not. And a lot of people who leak have those tense, anxious pelvic floors, hey Cam, um, who are or that are just not able to stay completely shut when they needed to. Okay, so another great, great reason to practice pelvic floor relaxation pelvic floor um, lengthening exercises and I have on my Instagram page lots of examples of this which I'll share to my stories today after the live on just positions to get into to elongate the pelvic floor so I'm gonna verbally say them too so things like child's pose is my all-time favorite so where you're on your hands and knees and then you kind of rock back so you're sitting back on your heels with your arms forward your butt is up in the air you're stretching you're relaxing the butt cheeks blossoming them out relaxing the pelvic floor so if you're holding in a fart in that position you're gonna let that go and you're gonna just practice inhale 
and relax that pelvic floor. Okay, and a lot of people ask me, what does relaxing your pelvic floor actually mean? Because people are so disconnected with that area of their body. And one of the reasons is because we can't see it. It's very easy to use a muscle that you can see. It's very easy for me to use my hands. There's a lot of visual feedback that I'm using when I'm using my hands. So here's a trick. Use visual feedback for your pelvic floor too. You know, sit in the bathroom or wherever on your bed. Use a mirror. Look at your pelvic floor, right? For women, for people with vaginas, I should say, um, or vulvas, you have your urethra, your pee hole, you've got your vagina, you've got your anus. For men, you've got similar things without the vagina, obviously. You've got your urethra and your, your anus, and you're basically trying to get the front, middle, and the back parts of your pelvic floor to coordinate. So when you contract, it should all pucker up, so draw in and up, like you're drawing up a thick milkshake up the vagina so imagine your vagina is a straw and you're drawing it up that's a contraction of your pelvic floor and a relaxation would be just letting it all go okay so opening it up and so here's the thing another way to look at it a lot of people like analogies because it really helps them understand why things are happening and so why would your pelvic floor be clenched when you are just sitting around let's say you're sitting at a desk doing work or you're caring for your young baby who's crying all day. What would happen when you're stressed? When we're stressed, our muscles don't relax. When we're stressed, our muscles tend to clench. And this is another big contributor to why we have so much, such an increase I find in pelvic floor symptoms and leaks in the past year and a half with the pandemic in particular. People are generally stressed and I'm not just talking about pregnant and postpartum people but of course it's magnified in pregnancy and postpartum because you have so many other layers to worry about so if you're somebody in that pregnancy or postpartum state and you're stressed your baby's crying and you're worrying about this and you're worrying about that try this you cannot control your baby crying all the time you may not be able to control how they sleep but focus on two things breathing and unclenching Okay, so let's try it right now together. If you're listening to me and you're wondering, how is this actually going to make an impact? I'll show you. So you're going to inhale through your nose. You're going to let your diaphragm or your rib cage expand. You're going to let your abs go. You're going to let your pelvic floor go. So release, unleash the tension in there. You're not bearing down. You're just letting it go. And as you breathe out, you're going to draw up your pelvic floor gently away from the seat that you're sitting on. You're going to draw in your core gently. And you're going to inhale again and let everything go. We're going to do five breaths together right now. Exhale together. Inhale again. Expand the ribs. So not up here through your chest and shoulders, but lower diaphragm ribs. Lower ribs, I mean. Where your diaphragm sits inhale relax and exhale lightly engage inhale relax and exhale engage when i say engage i don't mean suck in your gut like a hundred percent or 
crush a walnut with your pelvic floor. No. Engaging is literally turning the muscles on by about 10-20%. And this might be really tricky for someone who isn't familiar with how to turn on and off their pelvic floor very easily. So the only way you're going to get better at it is practice. Use that mirror for visual feedback and watch your, especially very easy around the anus just because we're very good at holding our farts in uh, compared to, you know, that's just a very great analogy and example because we are we all are familiar with that whether you're have a vagina or a penis or whatever body um another thing that you can do is practice that breath even one of those breaths when before you go to pick up your screaming child one of those breaths before you pop out of bed to go get your child from the crib one of those breaths when you get a call from daycare saying come pick up your child because they're sick like just take that pause to come back to your breath, even if it's literally one intentional breath, it is going to make a difference. Why does it make a difference? Because it's better than nothing. If previously you were clenching all day and breath holding and shallow breathing, then introducing a new type of breathing that actually focuses on intentionally relaxing your abs and your pelvic floor is going to make a big difference in the state and the health of your core and your pelvic floor. Because as we know, muscles that hold tension all day end up feeling either sore or they end up being weaker, right? So people with weak cores, quote unquote, or weak pelvic floors, it may not even be true weakness. It may be that the muscles are constantly at a length that is too short, that is too dysfun- not dysfunctional. I don't like using terms like that because people get it in their head that they are dysfunctional. So don't do that to yourself. Don't feel like you are a dysfunctional person. But maybe your muscles, hey Jamie, are in that shortened resting length and your muscles just need to get back to a normal resting length. And so let's go back to the leaking example with things like sneezing, coughing, um, laughing, jumping, things that create high pressure or impact. That is called stress urinary incontinence, right? SUI. People are like, I don't care what the name is. I just want to stop leaking, right? And so before, if you can anticipate it, we can't always anticipate it, but if you can anticipate when you're going to sneeze or cough or going to coughing fit, this is what I want you to do. This is called the knack, right? And in simple terms, you're inhaling. You know, when you sneeze, first thing you're going to do is... Deep breath in and you're going to go, achoo, right? So before the exhale or the achoo, your body's trying to expel the germs out. Before you do that, you're going to have a deep inhale. But if when you're doing that deep inhale, your pelvic floor is tightly clenched like this and not letting go, then when you need to have a quick shut of the pelvic floor to keep the bladder into, you know, up, prevent it from leaking, you're not going to be able to. So here's what I want you to try. And this is specifically for people who have tension in their pelvic floor that's causing sneeze, uh, string sneezing and sometimes the best way to know is just try the strategy and see if it helps if it helps then you probably are somebody who holds a lot of tension or more than uh, ideal amounts of tension in your pelvic floor so we're going to try five practices right now hey abirichi how are you um so you're going to inhale through your nose and you're going to lengthen or relax your pelvic floor like i showed you like we talked about and then when you exhale you're going to do a fake cough fake sneeze or fake laugh choose your choose your own adventure here you can't I can't hear you but you can hear me so I'm going to just play around with that okay we're going to do five practice practices okay so you're going to inhale I'm relaxing and then exhale so before you exhale you're going to do a tight shut of your pelvic floor you're going to draw it up and in just tightly right then you're going to go at you 
and then you're gonna cough and then you're gonna laugh. So let's try that again. So inhale, relax, and exhale, tight shut, achoo. Okay, we're gonna practice three more times and we're gonna try coughing and laughing as well. So inhale, relax, and exhale, tight squeeze. <coughs> inhale, relax, exhale, tight squeeze. <laughs> I know that's a ridiculous fake laugh, but you get the idea. For those of who are listening on the podcast and they can't actually see me, what I'm doing with my hands is kind of showing you the visual of what the pelvic floor would do. When you're inhaling, picture your hand going down, your, which is picture my hand going down, which is basically symbolizing your pelvic floor relaxing and lengthening. So if you're sitting on a, ca- on a couch or a cushion, picture your perineum, your vulva, your, your, any, everything down there meeting that cushion. So relaxing into that cushion. And before you sneeze, you're going to lift it up quickly Squeeze and shut quickly before you sneeze or cough, right? And this is what I want you to practice when you don't have to sneeze. We need to practice and train up to whatever the thing is that bothers us. So practice five to 10 coughs, fake coughs, fake sneezes, fake laughs, whatever it is that causes you to leak, practice it until that becomes more natural for you. And then we also need to understand why you have that underlying amount of pelvic floor tension, which I'm going to get to at the end. Okay, so... For anybody with stress urinary incontinence from things like coughing, leaking, or coughing, sneezing, and laughing, or even a single jump, you can try the same thing where you just relax before you jump and then you do do a squeeze. But with things like running and jumping, typically people aren't just running once. They're going for an elongated run. So I don't want you to have to think about, overthink this movement in your head about how am I going to time my Kegel or my contraction with landing? No. The goal is for you to feel coordinated and strong in your pelvic floor through exercise and movement so that when you do get back to activities that involve impact, you're training up to that and you're feeling confident getting there. That is not an easy conversation to have on a podcast or live because it's it's a lot. It's a lot of exercise. It's a lot of training. And this is exactly the type of work that I do one-on-one with people and the work that I do in my postpartum return to exercise program and my base, which is my Be Active, Strong, and Energized fitness membership is a lot of the strength training exercises that I do are to build muscle strength in your butt. Your glutes are key, right? If your butt is weak when you're walking and when you're running, your pelvic floor ends up doing the work of what your butt should be doing. So let's take the some of the stress off the pelvic floor right so pelvic floor imagine you're in a group project and the pelvic floor is like the overachiever right try and get everything done and you have your weak butt at the back your weak peer right the weakest link if the weakest link gets a little bit more work done it takes some of the load off of that overachiever same thing with our bodies so if your glutes do a little bit more work it takes some of that load off of your overachieving pelvic floor right and so that's why I don't agree with people who are just like getting massages down there or just doing hands-on work or just kegels because that's not going to be addressing the big picture the solution from a holistic perspective right we have to understand a why there's so much excessive tension in the pelvic floor and be not just address that local tension, but also address everything around it. Sometimes it's weakness in your legs. Sometimes it's upper body weakness. So when you're lifting up your toddler, if your arms are weak and your shoulders are weak, again, more load ends up going downward. So we have to strengthen not just your core and your butt, but your whole body. And it might seem daunting. It might seem like, oh my gosh, that's going to take me forever. I'll never be able to stop leaking. But I 
don't think that that's true. I help people stop leaking relatively quickly. Huge improvements. I have clients who go changing their underwear five times a day to two times a day. Um, relatively quickly in two or three sessions. So these are life-changing things. I want you to be able to go out with your girlfriends and have laughs without worrying about peeing yourself. I want you to be able to wear red, yellow, whatever color pants you want to without fearing leaks. I want you to be able to live your life. You know, one of my clients told me an example of she's like, I was afraid to go for uh, waxing, leg wax or, you know, down there because I didn't want to open my legs in case I peed myself. Like those are these are things that affect every part of our lives, right? For those of you who are runners and hikers and longer distance endurance athletes, a big factor that has to do with leaks is weakness in our leg muscles, weakness in our core. As muscles fatigue and as we start to breathe more shallow and maybe we're, we're just tired, so we're not breathing as deep as we were before, sometimes the load changes on our pelvic floor and we also end up clenching a little bit more carrying a little bit of load in our pelvic floor so practicing some of those relaxation um, positions so some of the ones that I talked about are child's pose pelvic rock backs happy babies another one downward dog for those of you who like that one Um, you can practice relaxation in any position but sometimes with your butt up in the air bending over allows your pelvic floor to truly get in a deepened position a deep squat works well too but a not a lot of not everybody can get in a deep squat comfortably if you can and you can just prop a little stool underneath your butt so you can really deepen and open up those hips this might be really good position for people with uh, in pregnancy too who are practicing and preparing for vaginal birth we're going to be talking about that at, at my um prenatal prep webinar which is in less than two weeks on November 30th so if you are pregnant listening to this please do sign up for that it's 25 bucks Canadian and it's at 7 30 p.m eastern standard time and you are also going to get a um, recording of it after the session if you can't make it live or if you want to review anything that I said it's perfect for anyone who's pregnant planning to be pregnant or even works with pregnant people I'm going to be going over a lot of the core and pelvic floor stuff and preparing for birth as well Okay, back to leaks. I think there's only one other point I wanted to talk about. We had talked about, we haven't talked about trauma. A lot of people with pelvic floor tension also have a history of trauma, um, not necessarily physical abuse, but just trauma in their past. So sometimes I do recommend, or often I recommend mental health support to process whatever other factors are going on in your life that may be contributing to you holding excessive tension and stress in your body. And stress does play a huge role in our lives um, and in our muscles and how our bodies feel as well. So sometimes we're so focused on, okay, the pain is down there, the leaks are down there, I need to address this down there. But stepping back and looking at the big picture of who you are and what else is going on in your life can actually help to address that as well. So um, if you're really stressed, it's not doesn't mean that you have to, you know, get rid of all the stressors in your body in order to stop leaking. It's just that being aware that, you know what, I leaked more today because I've been really stressed. I've been clenching all day. So going back to what we practiced earlier is, okay, I can't control all of these stressful situations, but what I can control is that I'm going to breathe. Breathe, relax, let that pelvic floor lengthen and let it come back up right so in and out inhale to relax exhale to lightly recoil or engage and a very very light engagement okay so let's talk about one last thing is uh or no a couple last things that also influence um, leaks is one thing that a lot of people don't realize is when it's cold 
Think about what happens if you're underdressed for the weather. You, you scrunch up your neck. You, you tense up if you don't have a scarf on and it's cold out. I live in Toronto, Canada. It's starting to get colder and colder. And guess what many women wear? They wear like thin leggings and they go outside in the winter. You know, we dress our kids up in like snow pants and then we're wearing like paper thin leggings that we were wearing all summer. So it's no wonder that our butts are cold. Our pelvic floor just tightens right up if we're underdressed. So I do recommend wearing pants that are appropriate for the weather. It sounds very simple and basic and it is, but we forget about this. And um, or have a jacket that actually covers our bum so it prevents the wind and the cold from getting in in the first place, especially for a lot of my new moms who are going out for lots of walks in the in the fall and winter with, you know, pushing strollers. Remember that pushing strollers are also added resistance, carrying a backpack if you're hiking or walking or, you know, running, that's added resistance. Your baby in the backpack carrier walking or baby in the baby carrier, that's added weight and resistance that your pelvic floor and your bladder have to work against so do not let your pelvic floor work excessively when it doesn't have to let it work when it needs to when it's carrying that heavy weight does anybody I know I went through so many different things I will be saving this as an IG live and I'll also be publishing this as a podcast because I get questions on leaks all of the time and it's very very important that I want you to know that a there's help that you don't have to live with it if you don't want to and that we all deserve to have leak-free lives some people are not that bothered they're like yeah leak a little bit when I jump on the trampoline but I just avoid it and if you're okay with that cool you know no one's stopping you um for me personally I don't want you to have to miss out on life on fun events with your kids with even if you don't have kids I want I don't want you to miss out on things that you don't want to miss out on I want to help you live your best life and if that is helping you get leak free so that you can hike and jump and run and spread your legs apart without the fear of leaking then that's that's what we need to do one last thing that I mentioned earlier that I didn't really go over then was posture and how posture does play a role with leaks but not not as much as how we think so everyone's obsessed with perfect posture and we know that that there isn't a thing as perfect posture there are better and worse postures for certain things and our bodies essentially like movement so if you sit at a desk for 12 hours a day and then you go hard at the gym for one hour a day you might think of yourself as as an athlete but for the majority of your day you're sedentary you're not moving so how can you integrate movement into those 12 hours that you're sitting can you get a standing desk can you shift around so you're sitting on the floor working sitting at a desk the dining chair move around Can you sit on an exercise ball for an hour and then a different chair for an hour? Movement is key and variation, varying your postures is essential. If you are sitting then in the evening watching shows for a couple hours, can you switch positions on the couch so you're not always sitting in the same spot? Change directions. All of this has an impact on your body, not just your pelvic floor, but on your neck, your lower back. Um, I don't like giving advice like just don't sit because that's unrealistic like who's going to follow that and it's just going to make people feel bad that they're not you know honoring what they should be doing that's I say screw that you know do what's realistic for your for you for your day for your busy day if you are caring for young kids do what is feasible are you able to breastfeed or nurse in different chairs so you're not always in that nursing chair are you able to pump in different positions so you're not always doing it in the exact same chair or position I know that that might not be convenient because you got to bring all your pumping stuff from one place to the other but will your body be appreciative of that or you might say you know what this week I'm pumping here next week I'm going over there and same with breastfeeding right 
It's all about movement, particularly for people who sit with their tailbone tucked in and slouched and reclined back. One thing that can help is just take a pillow and wedge that underneath your bum, just at the back, you know, behind your tailbone. So it props you upright a little bit more. You can use a towel roll and fold it up and do the exact same thing. And that helps too. Um, If you have any other questions for those of you who are still online, if you have any questions, pop them in the chat box. Thank you everybody for joining live today. I know that you had tons of questions. Some of you are pregnant. Some of you are recently postpartum. Some of you have never had children. And I think that leaking is something that affects so many people. And you know what? I want to share one last thing. I went to a local gym recently to talk about doing a seminar there for some of the female athletes in particular about core and pelvic floor and all of that stuff because a lot of people who are moms want it, are excited to get back to like group fitness classes because that's what they enjoyed doing before they find it motivational amazing here's the problem many trainers have zero clue about this stuff and one in three people will leak and they're not publicizing this you're not going to go up to your pub you know male bro trainer and be like listen I need a modification because I'm leaking every time I jumped maybe Maybe if that's you and you you say that to them, I think that's amazing. But most people are too embarrassed and they hold a lot of shame with that. And so I think that it's important for everybody to be aware of this because it affects so many more people than we think. And it's not just a female-only problem. There are males who have this too, tons of them. But people, there's a stigma. It's as if it's, it's seen as if it's not a real injury because I think it's hidden. You know, everyone respects that if you injured your knee and you're in a brace, we respect that. But somehow when it's the brain, which is like you can't see, or when it's pelvic floor because it's inside, you can't see it, it's like we suddenly don't respect it as much. And I want you to know that you deserve to be jumping and running and doing all those things leak-free. If you're a fitness class, if your instructor cannot modify it for you um, or cannot give you other options to make it successful, reach out. I would love to support you. And I know tons of other amazing coaches who have this education, um, You know, people who have done uh, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coaching with Brianna Battles, people who've done the prenatal um, or postnatal fitness certification with Jesse Mandel. There's so many fantastic programs all out there that are specific to pregnancy and postpartum. And some of the trainers and coaches who have taken those extra training can support you as well. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me on Instagram, uh, send me a DM, say hi, let me know. If you enjoyed this episode, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, please subscribe to my channel and please leave me a review. That would be so helpful to spread this important um, content, this important message to more amazing people just like you. Please share this with your friends and family so that we can get everybody to be leak free. Thanks again, everybody, for joining, and we will chat again real soon. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links, and we'll chat again real soon.